Yo, thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. All right, check it out. This is what I want to do today. Um, there's a lot of stuff been going on. Uh, you, you would have had to have been hiding under a rock or locked up in prison or uh, on the moon if you did not know what has been going on uh, both socially uh, and politically in this country over the last uh, month or so. Um, Obviously you had the uh, tragic, tragic uh, police shooting deaths of unarmed motorists in Minnesota. You had the gentleman in uh, Baton Rouge uh, unarmed as well um, shot by police and then you had a horrific uh, instance in Dallas where police uh, were ambushed and shot five police officers killed uh, at a rally um, so what I want to do actually today is kind of step outside of uh, of my uh, boundaries as far as what I normally talk about on this show I normally try to keep it light and uh you know lighthearted but to be honest i i think it's um i really haven't said much um i haven't said much online and i try honestly i try not to get into too many debates online with people um because really and truly 140 characters isn't enough to necessarily display your feelings or emotions i've said that a lot um both good and bad and and I think you sometimes you have to temper that because you don't want stuff to get lost in the message um, but uh, it, it's bigger than just saying this has to stop it's I mean it's, it that goes without saying but um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about you know how I'm feeling it and what I see is going on um, this is a crazy time I, I think I was, I was telling one of my boys the other day like yo I remember, you know, hearing stories from my parents, my aunts and uncles about, you know, how, what life was like in this country in the fifties and sixties. And I always thought to myself like, yo, I could, I don't know if I could have lived during that time. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, it's starting to feel like what I'm going to want to say starting. It feels like, you know, we're back in those times. Um, and this is crazy because we as a country, as a people, as a nation uh, shouldn't be like this. But this is where we are. Um, so obviously it's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. You have frustrations uh, coming left, right, you know, up, down, wherever. Um, so I think where we are and how we got here, I think we have to, we have to really take a, a, a big look in the mirror and, and to see how we got to this point. Um, I think when you just personally, like when I log on to social media, log on to, uh, you know, Facebook or Twitter, um, Honestly, because everybody has an opinion, 
sometimes it's hard to deal with that stuff because it's like well, I don't want to say hard. Maybe I should use a better phrase. Sometimes it's not worth dealing with because it's just you're almost bombarded um, by opinions, uh, images, and not everybody's going to share your opinion, and not not everybody's going to feel the same way that you do. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, uh, there's <laughs> there's the block and unfriend button, and I've you know unfriended a couple of people. I've blocked a few people. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I always told myself I would never get to the point where, uh, I would necessarily distance myself from someone on social media because of any, because their political views or their religious views or their, uh, social views differ from mine because we're all different. But, you know, when you're defending the Confederate flag, nah, I, you, you gotta get the hell out of here. I, I can't, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can. You, and you have a right to your opinion, but you're not going to be my Facebook friend and, you know, be talking about a Confederate flag. You just got to kick rocks. Uh, nonetheless, um, where should we start? All right. Let's start with police brutality. Um, I Anybody that knows me knows that, and I've said this, you know, countless times I've talked about it in my blog uh, I told a story several times about being um, racially profiled uh, to the point where I was you know pulled over me and a co-worker were in New Orleans and got pulled over and you know cop threatened to shoot my co-worker who happened to be white in the back um, when we were just down there on business uh, and I've talked about that. Um, if you want, I can send you the link to the story. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I've, I've often said that I haven't had any positive encounters with police. Never. Ever in my life. Never. Um, and I'm not a bad guy. I've never been in trouble. Never been arrested. Not going to get arrested. <laughs> um, but I've never had any positive encounters with police. Um, I don't dislike the police i just haven't had any positive encounters with the police i actually like the police they're, they're okay you know they're all right with me as long as they do their job you know i, I get no beef for me i will say this i think it's totally unequivocally crazy for someone to think it's okay to kill a policeman i mean let me start by saying let me say that again it is totally and i mean it, it's it's insane to think that it is okay to kill a policeman they are here to serve and protect now i will say that there are a lot of cops out there that aren't doing what they're sworn to do to serve and protect they're actually causing more harm than good that being said a few rotten apples you know can spoil a bunch but i don't i don't necessarily look at it like that i mean there are a lot of good cops out here but you know what when you decide to uh shoot a cop at a rally you know you don't know how good the cop was or how bad the cop was or anything like that and and, and it's it's unfortunate so i i will be the first to admit i mean that's that's ludicrous they are here to serve and protect um, my brother-in-law is a cop here in the city, city of Atlanta. Um, you know, I have the same wish for him as I do 
any other cop in this country. Do your job and get home safe. Period. That's all that I want. And, you know, it's unfortunate because those policemen in Dallas, you know, they were doing their job. They were protecting people and they didn't get home safely. And I think that's crazy. And I think, you know, you have to be sick in the head to think that it is okay to kill a cop. That makes no sense whatsoever. And I think, you know, there is a segment of the population, albeit a small segment, there's a pop segment of the population and I've seen comments on you know social media and stuff like that not necessarily from my friends or people who follow me but I've seen comments about you know more or less in a roundabout way saying that you know they kind of you know I understand like it's okay like it's almost like you're absolving people from killing cops you can't kill cops period they are here to help us they're here to serve and protect us now, again there are some cops out here that are terrible. Even the cops that killed, you know, these men. Even the cops that choked out Eric Garner. Even the cops that killed Tamir Rice. Even the cops that killed Sandra Bland. I mean, I can. Unfortunately, there's a bunch of names that I can, I can name. And these are unarmed black people. That being said, the cops that killed Tamir Rice, I don't wish death on them. Because here's the thing about death. There ain't no coming back from that. You kill somebody, there's no coming. This ain't the movies. You know what I'm saying? So once that happens, it's done. It's a wrap. And everybody has a family. Everybody has, you know, friends. And they have to deal with that loss so don't get it twisted I think those people are doing themselves and whatever causes that they may or may not have a huge injustice if you think that it's okay to kill a police officer my thing is this even like I said even those who have killed the cop that killed Mike Brown. I don't want him dead. Because somebody killing him, that, that, that doesn't serve any purpose. Should he be behind bars? Of course he should be. Should those cops who kill these other people be behind bars? Of course they should be. That's what I want. And I think that's what most people want. And again, I don't think that... I think we're doing ourselves a huge injustice if we paint all cops with the, with the same brush. That being said, cops have to do their job. And if you're in a situation where it is clear that a suspect or a person that you deem a suspect does not have a weapon, there's no reason for you to shoot to kill. I don't understand that concept. Maybe it's because I'm not a cop. I don't know. I don't know what they're taught in police training. And I understand it's a stressful job, but maybe these police, you know, departments across the country should do mental health screening and check on them and, and things like that. I don't know what they should do, but they have to do something on the preventive end because, no, it should not be a situation where uh, someone is, ends up dying. We had a situation here in Metro Atlanta uh, earlier this year where I, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year 
where a man where, where the cops were called about a man who was wandering around an apartment complex the man was naked and when they called into the police for backup they let it be known that the man was naked he was just wandering around and there's some cell phone video camera of the guy walking around naked black man unarmed black man obviously he's unarmed because he, he's naked he didn't have any didn't have anything in his hands and as it turns out this guy had some type of mental issues he was back from the war or something like that let I me mean, like he was bipolar whatever the case may be well he encounters the cops the cop's story was that fact that they said he rushed he, he charged at him. I mean bruh <laughs> let's think about this for a second I'm a cop I have a gun and a naked man charges at me at the very least I you know put the gun down and whip his ass or at the very least tase him but they shot him killed him and I mean like it's, it's stories like that that are that are occurring way too much one time is one time too many there should not be an Alton Sterling there should not be the, the guy uh, Castillo in, in Minnesota that those those situations never had to happen show some restraint if you show some restraint I promise you these situations can turn out a whole lot easier now if, 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 if somebody had a gun and, and they're shooting at you I mean as a cop you're supposed to defend yourself but then and only then this, this shoot to kill mentality I don't understand but we have to have police reform we have to that's not up for debate it's not it has to be some type of reform for things to get better and another thing that I think we have to we have to go back to doing is that we have to make sure that the police know the people in the areas in which they're patrolling back in the day cops used to you know walk, they used to have a beat and they knew everybody on the beat or they knew the people in the area and I, I understand it's different now because especially in inner cities when crimes happen people don't want to say nothing snitches get dealt with and nobody wants to be a snitch I get it. I understand it. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, but I understand. Everybody minds their own business. I mean, it's not like how it was 40 years ago where you knew your whole neighborhood and everybody looked out for each other. It's not like that anymore. It is what it is. But I'll say this much. We have to make sure that we are commanding and demanding that police have some type of reform. And then if they don't have reform make sure at the very least that in the event there's an instance where someone gets killed by a police officer is that you know they, they now they'll do their, their due process but at the same time make sure that they go to jail if they're guilty I mean like I could name 10 cases off the top of my head there was no conviction with the cops what does that say the boys in blue will stand behind each other. They, 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 you know, they're in with the district attorneys. They're in with with everybody, with the judges. So you make a few phone calls, say this, and, and you know the cops kind of stand behind their own uh, code of honor, a code of silence, if you will. And that's part of the problem. Police reform, it's a must. If you want to see things get better, that has to happen.
Black Lives Matter. What can I say about Black Lives Matter? Let me start by saying the Black Lives Matter movement. Let me start by, by stating the phrase, Black Lives Matter. Okay, so for those of you listening, I want you to grab a pencil. Grab a pencil. Write this down. Black Lives Matter. Now, after, after the word matter, I want you to put a little period. Period. If I say black lives matter, period, that's it. At the end of that statement, there's a period. So that means you have to acknowledge my sentence. You have to acknowledge the words that I've laid forth in front of you. The reason why I say that is because <laughs> it's become cliche when people say black lives matter. Somebody else comes back and say, well, all lives matter or blue lives matter or purple lives matter. Black lives matter doesn't mean that other lives matter. Don't it doesn't mean that other lives don't matter. The fact that we have to say black lives matter lets you know the severity of the situation. They do matter. My life matters. Your life matters. My kids' life matters. Your kids' lives matter. Your grandkids' lives will matter. But the thing about it is, is that. If I have to scream it to the top of my lungs, you have to respect what I say. You may not like it, but you're going to acknowledge, but you have to put a period behind it. Because, see, you got people spinning stuff now. Well, black lives matter, but blue lives matter too. All lives matter. No, I'm not saying that. I said black lives matter, period. Acknowledge my statement. Let's address my statement before we move on to all lives matter or blue lives matter or yellow lives matter or green lives matter let's go back to my statement because if you're listening then you've heard what I said black lives matter period I think the black lives matter movement is an incredible movement but don't get it twisted the black lives matter movement isn't about violence it's not about violence against cops. And here's the thing. <laughs> you can ask. I, I, dare, I challenge each and every one of you listening to this under sound of my voice. Ask someone what they think of Black Lives Matter. The movement. Not the, not the phrase. Ask them if they know about what their principles are. And nobody can tell you four things about it. Five things about it. They can't because you know why? Because they don't know because they've never took the time to invest to think about it or at least to learn. And that's not just white people. That's black people, too. I hear a lot of older black people, the, the what I call the quote unquote old guard, you know, crapping on black lives. Like I heard uh, former mayor uh, Andrew Young, U.S. ambassador, you know, kind of joking about black the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, he was a part of the civil rights movement. So he's an old head. He, he he's he's and I'm, when I say old head, I I mean that as a term of, term of endearment. He his era paved the way for us to be where we are today. But I can promise you, I can promise you that that the majority of the people nowadays will listen to the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement before they'll listen to Andrew Young. And maybe Andrew Young should stop and listen to Black Lives Matter. Maybe. 
because they have a far reach than uh, a reach much much further than he probably thinks that they do now the black lives matter movement could use guys like andrew young and 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 I don't want to say Al Sharpton, but because <laughs> I have my own feelings about Al Sharpton, but that's another story for another day. Congressman John Lewis, all of these people, yeah, I mean, but you got to get with them and understand where it is that they're coming from. Just because they're young doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. Look how far the Black Lives Matter movement started. The Black Lives Matter movement started August 9, 2014. As Mike Brown lay dead on a St. Louis street. That's crazy to me. And look where they are. And I applaud them for, for their efforts and, and what they're doing. Again, they're not about violence. They're not the Black Panthers of the 60s and 70s. They're not the Black Mafia group or, or whomever. I mean, they're, they're not terrorists. They're certainly not terrorists. Trust me. I'm friends with people in the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, and, and, and it's they're, they're not that kind of people. But you got to take the time to listen to what it is that they have to say. Listen to their demands. Listen to some of what are some of the things that they're proposing. Because they're not just out here saying, okay, well, hey, we're just going to walk on the street and just, you know, clog up the streets or what have you. They have an agenda. But hey, if you don't listen, how will you know what it is that they're talking about? You won't. Also, here recently we've seen uh, these athletes. Uh, started a few weeks ago with uh, Carmelo Anthony speaking out. And then last week at the ESPYs, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, uh who is it? LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade. You know they spoke at the ESPYS eloquently about you know the changes that they would like to see and their level levels of activism. And I think it's I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. But here's here's the the interesting thing I always see when it comes to athletes. People want athletes to speak out on social issues until they say something that they don't agree with <laughs> I mean the minute that you say something that people don't agree with then they tell you just to shut up and play ball I mean I do yourself you could just google or, or jump on Twitter or Facebook you know right after the ESPYs I mean there was a lot of people saying well you know LeBron and those guys should just shut up and play ball no they they have a voice and I, and I remember just, you know, a couple months back, um, there was uh, there was some talk about the fact that Tom Brady, quarterback of the uh, New England Patriots, was going to endorse Donald Trump. And all of a sudden, all of these Patriots fans start telling Tom Brady to shut up. Hey, man, if you want to endorse Trump, knock yourself out. Do whatever it is you want to do. I do understand that in this climate I commend athletes for taking a stand no you're not going to be Muhammad Ali because your circumstances aren't the same as his you're not going to be Jim Brown or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and those guys that not only did they take a stand but they took losses see because 
anybody can speak out but it, it really doesn't start hitting home until you start taking losses you start losing money you start losing endorsements or maybe you lose your employment that's when it's it's really really when you're taking your losses because of something that you stand up and believe in and I'm not saying that LeBron has to lose his job because I mean LeBron is you know he's one of the best players in the NBA I commend them for their stance but I also want to point the finger at fans and people who say well they should just shut up and play ball no you can't have it both ways because if LeBron was saying something that you wanted him to say you wouldn't have a problem with it if LeBron remained silent you would have a problem with it can't have it both ways you just can't the world doesn't work like that it just doesn't um next thing I want to talk about is and I'll talk I'll touch on this briefly uh <laughs> people tend to throw out when 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 you talk about black lives matter uh I've heard white people and black people ironically I've heard more black people talk about this than white people um, but I but I'm pretty sure it's by probably about 50 50 we want to talk about the crime more importantly the quote unquote black on black crime here's what I will say about that you can't quantify a cop shooting an unarmed black person by saying, well, I don't understand why black people get upset when a cop kills a black man because black people kill black people all the time. Now, let, let's break down that statement. What if a cop kills a black man or a black woman? What does that have to do with black people killing black people? They're two separate issues. You can't, you can't combine the two. They're not together they're exclusive of each other I mean like you, you have to address one and then you have to address the other so if we're going to say black lives matter period don't forget the period because we're dealing with that statement we're going to say black lives matter you know the crime that happens all across this country in cities you know it, I think people people they lose sight of the fact that like and this, here's another thing I always hear Oh, well, people don't care. They, they never fuss about it. You don't know that. Most people are bothered in their communities when they hear about people getting killed. Particularly young people getting killed. Personally, I am extremely bothered about the bodies and the, the guns and the, and the shootings that are occurring in Chicago right now. Or, or this year. Or the, for the past few years. I mean, it's more... You have more, like you could have a Memorial Day weekend or Fourth of J Fourth of the July holiday weekend, and 50 people get shot, eight get killed. I mean, 50, think about what I just said. 50 people get shot, eight people get killed, all on the south side of Chicago. That's the and that's the even more mind-boggling thing. All of this is in a concentrated area. It's not like it's. West Chicago and then East Chicago and North Chicago. All this on the South Side. But you can't say that people aren't bothered or they're not against the guns and the violence in that community because most people 
who threw out the quote-unquote black-on-black crime statistics, they don't ever stop to think about the people in those neighborhoods or do their research as to what those people are doing to try to curb that. And then the second thing about this quote-unquote black-on-black crime, you have to understand, and I'm not, about, I'm not absolving people for committing crimes, but you can't talk about crimes without talking about, one, the proximity. Okay, most crimes are going to occur in the, in the same proximity of where people live. So that, by and large, you're going to commit crimes against people that live around you. There's going to be burglary. There's going to be homicide against people that live in your proximity. Somebody who lives in the south side of Chicago, they're not going all the way up to the north white suburbs to shoot somebody. It's not. Let's just keep it real. It's not going to happen. No more so than anybody in in North Atlanta is going to come from the northern suburbs to to uh, to Bankhead to shoot somebody. It's not going to happen. That's not the way that it works. So crime, a lot of so most crimes occur within a certain proximity. Who's within that proximity? People who look like you people who live like you people who dress like you and again that's not to absolve anyone from the crimes that are being committed that's just the facts crimes occur within the proximity of where people live so if there's quote unquote white on white crime it's because people kill and shoot and rob and steal from people in their area same for black folk same for Hispanics same for Asians if you're going to give the stats, give all the stats. And the next point I wanted to make on that is that when you talk about crime, you have to, if you're going to throw out the crime stats, talk about the social, economical situations that have put people in these situations where it's generational. Where they've stayed in, where, these, where you've had generations of people that have stayed in these neighborhoods, stayed in these areas, stayed in these slums or ghettos or projects or wherever you want to call it, wherever these wherever these crimes are happening. You can't you talk about the the, the e- economic situation. Talk about the educational level. All of that stuff is systematic. And if the system hadn't been fixed, then how do people escape that? They don't. They just don't. They try. I mean, who wouldn't want to escape poverty and escape, you know, situations where your kids can't go out and play and have those kind of things without, you know, were you worrying about whether or not they're going to get shot or killed or, or put in a gang or something like that? Who wouldn't want that lifestyle? The people in it don't want that lifestyle gotta be smart but if you're gonna read the stats read all the stats and lastly what are my solutions I think first and foremost we have to listen that's the thing that's not happening every time I turn on the TV every time I log into social media nobody's listening everybody's got an agenda everybody 
And the minute that you say something outside of my agenda, I don't want to hear what you have to say. That's the attitude that everybody takes. So nobody's paying attention to your, to your tweets. Nobody cares about your tweets. Nobody cares about your Facebook posts. Nobody cares about your Instagram posts. They don't. I'm being honest. Yeah, you got a couple of your friends that'll chime in. But nobody cares. Nobody cares about your blog posts. Nobody cares about your podcast. Because nobody's going to be listening to this podcast. At least not those who probably should be listening to it. But you have to listen. I can't tell you black lives matter and and your retort is, well, all lives matter or blue lives matter. No, I don't know anybody that that supports black lives matter. That's anti-cop. I don't know anybody that wants to kill a cop because, like I said, that's that's stupid in and of itself. But I want to be heard. And everybody wants to be heard. But at the same time, you have to listen too. Just listen. God gave us all two eyes, two ears, one mouth. We need to be listening more than we're talking. Get rid of your agendas. Be open to listen to other people as to what they have to say and to why they're hurting. Don't stand behind your agenda. Speak your agenda and then also let someone else speak theirs. And then find some type of middle ground or some type of understanding. That's the only way it's going to work. You know why social socially this country moved away during the civil rights movement? Oh yeah, the, I'm, and, and that's not to diminish the marches. The marches and the sit-ins and everything that Martin Luther King uh, led for was perfect and it, 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 it helped us get to the point where we are today but one of the biggest things that really took place in this country was people who didn't live in the south who lived in the north when they turned on the TV at night to watch the news they got tired particularly white folks they got tired of seeing black people being hosed down south with the dogs sick on them and stuff like that and eventually that got the movement going. And, and I think it's that's what we're seeing now. You, you go to a Black Lives Matter. I've seen Black Lives Matter rallies where, to be honest, not a whole lot of black people. A whole lot of white people. And that's encouraging. Cause I, I th- and I don't think that necessarily you have white people that are against black. No, it's, I don't think that at all. I think, like I said, you go to a lot. Go. The next time you see a Black Lives Matter rally on TV, look in the crowd. The crowds are pretty diverse. Pretty diverse. You have white kids showing up at schools with Black Lives Matter t-shirts on, getting expelled from school. That's happening in this country. I think you gotta be you 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 have to be willing to listen. Anybody can talk. Who wants to listen? That's the question that I have. So before you post something on Facebook, before you hit record for your podcast, before you send your little tweet, you're talking, but are you willing to listen? 
because that's the easiest way for you to learn if you listen. I don't know how much you're going to learn by talking. But we've got some decisions to make. We can either listen or we can keep going in this vicious cycle that we're going in. Because it's not getting any better. And when I look at where we are, I go back to that thought that I initially started off with. I never thought I'd see the 60s or the 50s and the 60s in my lifetime. And that's the way it looks. And I'm not saying that I have all of the answers because I don't have an answer for a lot of stuff. But I do know this much. If you're willing to listen, you're willing to help. If you're not willing to listen, then you're just a part of the problem. And there's a whole lot of people that are interested in being part of the problem instead of being part of the solution. That's going to do it for me. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. I'll holler at you next time. 5,000.